Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to The Paddock in the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello, everyone. On today's podcast, I'm delighted to welcome back Natalie O'Rourke, the manager of Park Lane Stables, who has a busy week ahead. Hello again, Natalie. Hello, Stephen. Thank you for having me on. Well, you featured uh, way back now in episodes 29 and 36. Uh, we're in the 120s now. And it's over a year ago since you were last on the podcast. And at that time, we were talking about the 35,000 people who had just saved Park Lane Stables. Now, a lot has happened since then. You've got an MBE for one. You've won awards, the Sun Who Cares Win Wins Awards. You've moved temporarily, and now you've got a book out, Only Heroes and Horses. How excited are you about the, the book's release on Thursday, May the 26th? Um, I'm really, really excited. It all feels very surreal. Um, I just have to keep pinching myself and thinking, is this really happening? Because... Um, I'm sure you'll remember the sort of tight spot that I was in and how dark and bleak everything's been. So now it just, yeah, it just feels incredible that that this is happening. And um, it's a chance for us to thank the 30-odd thousand people that that made it happen, really. So they're, they're the heroes of the story. And, of course, the horses are the heroes too. Well, you've agreed to do a... a a sort of longer podcast in say a month or two's time but today we're just going to concentrate on a, sh- a few short things about the book but what an in- what an inspiring story you've got to tell can you let listeners know a, a brief summary of what they've got to look forward to yeah sure i try not to spoil it for them so um it's essentially the story of when i arrived in london I used to live in Birmingham, which won't come as a surprise from my accent. Um, and then I came to London in 2008. And it's essentially um, what happened from then on. And then a little bit of background about my childhood, because I'm not from a horsey background at all. So I'm slightly unusual in the horse world that um, my parents didn't ride or anything like that. I just had a love for horses and and never fell out of love with them um so yeah it's a little bit of background from from the beginning um and then essentially how I came to have the stables in Teddington and um and how I saved it I guess with the help of um all the people that supported me 
Well, I can't wait to get the book myself. I've got it on order. But what have you got planned over the next couple of weeks, even this week especially? Uh, this week's quite crazy. Um, I'm going to Manchester on Wednesday afternoon um, to Salford. Um be live on the sofa on Thursday morning on BBC Breakfast. So I've only done TV where they've come to the stables, which is um, an environment that I'm 100% comfortable in. So going in a TV studio is going to be um, a first for me. Um, but very excited. I to be able to thank the viewers of BBC Breakfast because essentially without them it, it really wouldn't have happened um, so it's really lovely that they're giving me that opportunity then I'm coming back to London and um, we've got a book launch at a local hotel and then on Friday um, a good friend of mine is doing a 24-hour walk for the Ukraine and I'm taking a horse along to that not to walk for 24 hours I might add um, but we're going to do an hour or so with her um, just to lift her spirits really um, and get her a bit of um, attention from the public um, and then on Friday and Saturday Trigger and I, Trigger's our little Connemara RDA pony with book signings um, so Trigger and I are going hot footing it around London um, to do book signings so and then the following week is the Jubilee week and we've got a big party here at the stables so yeah, we've got a busy time. It's always busy here, but uh, the next 10 days or so is busier than ever. It sounds like it. So are you going to be on the sofa then with Nagger and Charlie? Is that who you're with? Yeah, I hope so. I think so, because um, this Thursday it was Nagger and Charlie, so I'm thinking it will be Nagger and Charlie. And when we were on the TV, when uh, Fiona Lambden used to come to the stables, it was always Nagger that was in the studio. Um, but we've ne I've never actually met her. I've only sort of spoken to her. Um, over a screen so it would be really really lovely to meet her so yeah I'm, I'm hoping it's Naga but I don't mind who it is really just and, an exciting opportunity and you said for your book launch on Thursday you've got uh, Nick Luck um, yeah. doing the question and answer and Nick was a very big big driver for the for the save the stables campaign wasn't he yeah, absolutely. And without giving too much away about the book, he, he has got a chapter in the book um, because uh, when really hardly anyone was listening to me, Nick Luck actually did listen to me and he sort of believed in me and got behind me, which got the racing community to support me. Um, so he's a really big part of the story. And um, on Thursday, um, uh, there's a local digital newspaper. So they've paid for the launch for us and they asked Nick if he would come and do the questions and he's actually said yes. So I'm really delighted um, that, that Nick will be there because, as I say, he's a big part of the success of the campaign. Well, well, listening to the Nick Luck Daily, that was how I found about you and, and Park Lane Stables. So I'm sure you'll be back on the Nick Luck Daily and probably on Racing TV again, I think. I hope so, because there's a lot of people that donated money um, and they might not um, necessarily listen to the mainstream media, but they, they would listen to Nick. So I hope that he gives me that chance to thank those people as well. And talking about all this media coverage, do are you less overwhelmed than when you first were? You must be getting used to it now. Uh, yeah, this is slightly different, though, because before it was sort of fighting for survival. So it, it, there wasn't much chance to think about um, 
that I wasn't worried about doing it because it was it was you know that was my chance so I just got on with it this is slightly different um and there's people who know me well know that I love to wear my cap um make it without my cap on and I'm not allowed to wear my cap in the tv studio so that's a bit traumatic for me <laughs> the cap will be removed and my hair will be washed um so yeah it's slightly different scenario but but um but I'm happy to do it and I recently a week ago actually I got interviewed by the i newspaper and one of the questions that he asked me was you know why do you make times why do you make time for journalists and media and I said because I really strongly want to get the message out there that horses are for everybody and this is my chance so you know talking to yourself and talking to the eye for example we're reaching people that might not think that horses are for them and I just really want to get that message out and say you you can get involved in you know whatever level you want to that they're for everybody. I think that's really important in, in city areas because I've been in contact with people that the Ebony Horse Club have spoken to O'Shane who went there and the Urban Equestrian Academy where I've spoken to Canaan and of course Park Lane Stables where uh, people living in cities have then got opportunities that they wouldn't have without those three organisations and, and I'm sure there are other ones as well around the country. Yeah there are um, you know there's Liverpool they have Park Palace ponies and you know there's lots of people like myself you know, trying to get horses into people's lives. So I just feel um, really privileged that I've got the opportunity to, to use national media to get people talking about horses and thinking about horses. And and I think a lot of public perception is that horses are for privileged people. And I'm just really trying to move the conversation away from that and the fact that it's for everybody. So that's really what I want to use my MBE to do is... To, to have a voice and 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 get that message out there really strongly um so that that's what i'm trying to achieve with the with the book and the media really well they're very good aims um some listeners might not know that you've actually haven't moved back to park lane stables because you're now at uh, petersham aren't you when 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 are you planning to move back to park lane well we we're, we're sort of in the hands of the builders really because um the building is really, really old, so it wasn't it wasn't designed with horse welfare in mind um, all those hundreds of years ago, and it definitely wasn't designed with um, people with disabilities in mind. So what we're trying to do is make the building um, better from a horse welfare perspective and also better for our people with additional needs. So that is taking a bit of time. Um, but when we go back, we will be back forever and we're going to be able to help more people. Um, so, yeah, it's taking, a, it's taking a moment, but it's going to be worth it. Well, I went along to Petersham. It must have been probably six, eight weeks ago and had a, a lovely day there and met Louis and Becca, who I saw before we came on air, um, and your commercial director, Nina Bradburn, um, had lunch with me, myself and, and you and I also met people like Prodney and Dougie <laughs> yeah who oh Shane one of our guests uh, rode uh, at Ascot and uh, actually this is the first podcast I think I've done with you without other guests last one I was listening the other day and we had Elliot and Lily were on the podcast with you so it's unusual to not get background noise with podcasts yeah 
I well, they are making a bit of a racket outside, so I'm surprised you can't hear them because I'm just sitting in a stable that's being converted into an office. So I have got a horse by the side of me, and I can hear them chomping away. But it's good if you can't hear them. You kindly agreed to do another podcast once, well, to first, but I'm going to have to read the book and uh, prepare. To, to speak to you again, uh, hopefully in the next couple of months. But thanks again for squeezing us in ahead of a very busy couple of weeks. Uh, and good luck with the book, Only Heroes and Horses. It's available at all good bookstores. And uh, I've ordered it and I can't wait to get it. And I'm sure I'll be receiving it um, probably on Friday, the 27th. Yeah, I hope. So I hope, I hope you enjoy it and, um, yeah, we get we managed to get the right message across. Well, thank you very much again for joining us on The Paddock and the Pavilion. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Social Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.